um, open them to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 23. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Amen. I had a um, conversation with Pastor Rick earlier this afternoon. I, I told him, I said, Pastor Rick, do you remember when I preached that sermon entitled Lessons from the First Temptation? And, of course, that was looking at what happened in the Garden of Eden and how we can learn from that and... Um, because Satan basically is reading from the same script. He's basically following the same playbook, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I had every intentions on the next Wednesday preaching a message entitled Lessons from Jesus' Temptations um, and tying some of those things together. And uh, so however many weeks ago that was, we're, it's like it's there. I'm so excited about that. And every week I think we're going to get to that. And it's like the Holy Spirit just keeps emphasizing something else, something else as we're building towards that. So um, I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate um, you being engaged in these things. And ultimately what we're talking about is walking by faith. And the Bible says that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Any area in your life that you want to succeed in, then just learn how to do that by faith. And any area that you want to fail in, just leave faith out of it. It really is, and I'm being a smarty look, I'm just saying, faith is the difference maker. And I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to preach about faith. Jesus talked about faith. Jesus emphasized faith. The Word of God has much to say about faith. Now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, the greatest of these is love. So the Bible has much to say about faith, but... If we go one layer in from talking about faith, what we're going to run headlong into is the Word of God. In other words, we're not just talking about blind faith. We're not just talking about believing because we're, you know, uh, you know the cosmic forces in the world are going to one day, you know, uh, smile upon us and just keep believing. You know, these kind. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Faith is. Uh, something that God has given to you and it is awakened or aroused within your heart by the Word of God. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So it's impossible to talk about living by faith, a life of faith, using faith, receiving from God by faith without also understanding the importance of the Word of God to this thing that we teach and preach called faith. And actually, if you look at what Jesus explained to us about this, He compared the faith in your heart to soil and the Word of God to seed. And it's when the seed of the Word of God is received by the faith that's in your heart that germination takes place. And by faith, that Word winds up producing the results in your life that Father sent it forth to produce. So if you want corn, don't plant tomatoes. Are you following what I'm saying? If, if you're wanting cotton, don't plant hackberries or whatever, blueberries or whatever. Because a seed's going to reproduce after its kind. So we see then that Father has addressed 
anything and everything that has to do with you and your life in His Word. So that you can take what Father has said into your heart, align your thoughts, your words, and your actions with that, and whatever it is that He has spoken that thing for, it will begin to produce that result in your life. Isaiah says it will produce the thing that He sent it forth to produce. Well, what do you think He sent? All of my children are taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. What do you think God gave us that word to produce in our families? Children who are taught of Him. Children who have tremendous shalom in their lives. So we see that God has spoken about marriage. God has spoken about finances. God has spoken about the proper attitude uh, on your job, whether you're the employer or the employee, whether you're the boss or, or whether you're the guy that just got hired on. God has literally spoken about your health. Amen. That's such an important part of our lives. God has spoken concerning your health. And, and not certainly practical things but also supernatural things. So the way the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. And so walking by faith means that what God has to say about life combined with the faith that's in our heart and us aligning our thoughts, words, and actions with that. Now, the enemy is trying to get you to align your thoughts, words, and actions with the way things look, seem, and feel. But that's not faith. That's not faith. That's walking by sight. I know I got you in Jeremiah 10. Let's, we're preaching right now. Like, this, this is, amen. We, we've, if we don't even get there, we're going to get where we're supposed to be. All right? I was listening to Brother Copeland preach last night, and, and from some of the things he was saying, you know, it just it struck so home with what we've been talking about right here. And, and, and he used this example. If, you know, we're here, and this may not be the best example, but let's say we're here and somebody busts in the back door and they say something to the effect of, this building's on fire, you need to get out of here. Well, you ever been at the mall and the fire alarm goes off and everybody just keeps on shopping? Really, I mean, it's happened, right? You laugh and we've got hospital. Hospitals never catch on fire. You know, so we just going about whatever we're doing. We just assume that... It's a false alarm or that it is an untrue word. Obviously, if the building's really on fire, we don't need to panic, but we need to align our thoughts, words, and actions with that information. In other words, we, we need to think, speak, and act like this is true, and calmly exit the building. What if you say, I don't see any fire, doesn't look like it's on fire, I don't smell any smoke, I don't feel the heat from the flames, so notice what we're doing. We're aligning our thoughts, words, and actions by the way things look, seem, and feel because we've been given a word that there's no evidence for. 
There's no evidence that the building's on fire. So if we act as if the building is on fire, we're taking whoever gave us that word at their word that they know what they're talking about, and so we believe what they're saying is true. Again, we align our thoughts, words, and actions, and we calmly exit the building. But if we align our thoughts, words, and actions with the way things look, seem, and feel, we can convince ourselves that a building is not on fire when it's burning down around us. So faith is hearing God's Word. Now here's the thing about God's Word. He never gives a false alarm. If He says the building is on fire, you, you might want to go ahead and get on out of here. Because everything that he has ever said is true. And everything that he has ever said has been for your benefit and with your best interest in mind. So, Father God says, by the stripes of my son you were healed. Somebody runs in the back door and says, everybody in here is healed! And we go, who's that nut? He has no idea how bad my right foot's hurting. Who's that nut? There's no evidence that everybody in here is healed. I'll tell you what, there is evidence. I smell smoke. Right? You see what I'm saying? In other words, we look at what's going on and think, well, that's got to be the way it is. And what, whoever's saying we're healed don't know what they're talking about. Notice we're aligning our thoughts, words, and actions with the way it looks, seems, and feels rather than God said you're healed. And if he says you're healed, it doesn't matter how it looks, seems, and feels. If you will align your thoughts, words, and actions with what he said, you will not be able to keep healing from your body. That's how sure the Word of God is. And so what I'm telling you about tonight is faith. This is faith. I mean, we can preach faith and have preached faith, and we'll continue to preach faith all kinds of different ways. But this, this is... What the Bible talks about when it speaks of faith. All right, Jeremiah chapter 10. It says this, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Well, you can read this verse in a lot of different translations and it basically is saying to you and me that we're here but when it comes to the way God created us to live, we're clueless. Let me say it another way. We were created by God for God, and we were created by God in such a way as to be dependent upon Him for the way we are supposed to live. In other words, God's ways. Are you understanding me? We got man's ways and we got God's ways. We got our way of doing things, and then there's God's way of doing things doing things. We got God's way of doing marriage. We got our way of doing marriage. We got God's way of raising children. We got our way of raising children. We got God's way of managing money. We got our way of managing money. So I think it goes without saying, but let me state the obvious. If, if we're going to do it God's way, it's going to require faith. But before faith can ever even become a factor, we got to hear God's way. And there's a lot of people who don't know God's way. There's a lot of people who do know God's way and still choose to do it their own way, but there's a lot of people who don't know God's way. 
How can we find God's way of doing things? From God's Word. From God's Word. I may not get much further than this tonight, but let me, let me take a moment, if I could please, to try to talk to you with the Holy Spirit's help and His ability far greater than mine, absolutely, to impress upon us all, myself included, the importance of God's Word. What we've learned is this. Satan has tried your whole life to keep you as far away from God's Word as he possibly can. He can't take the faith from you that your heavenly Father has given to you. So he's going to try to keep the seed from ever coming in contact with the soil because he can't remove the soil. Now if I'm wrong on this, I'll be happy to apologize, but I, I really do believe that the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. And here's what he spoke to me. That there are far more people tonight having this word stolen from them than will hear it and receive it. And that's not a slant on you. That's a slant on all the people who should be sitting next to you in these empty chairs. Do you realize that if the enemy can convince you to not even show up, if he can put pressure against you to redirect you somewhere other than God's house where his words are being spoken and heard, that the enemy has stolen that word from you before you ever even heard it with your ears. He will play the long game with you. And He will distract you. He will redirect you. He will get you focused on one thing. And while He's got you focused on that thing, He's coming in the back door and He's stealing the Word of God from you time and time and time again. Because the Word of God is what makes the difference in your life. It is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to penetrate and separate the part of you that's soul from the part of you that's spirit. It's so powerful. It will penetrate all the way to the marrow in your bones where physical life springs forth. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of a man's heart. We do so many things in our lives and we don't even know why we do them. We have habits that we want to stop and we don't even know why we keep doing the thing that we hate. As Paul said, listen to me and listen to me please. The Word of God understands you. The Word of God knows you. The Word of God is able to not only reveal to you why you keep doing things that you do, it's able to help you fix the things that you can't stop seemingly doing over and over again. The Bible says that His words are life and they're health to the flesh of all those who find them. It's His Word. Everything that was made was made with the Word of God. His Word is the fabric of the universe. It is the fabric of you and me. It is the fabric of the world in which we live. It is the fabric of everything that we understand and all that we don't about life itself. And when we go against His Word, we are tearing at the very fabric of the thing that created us. It's His Word. It's His Word. 
How powerful is His Word? He prefers, I'm talking about God, prefers His Word above His name. What does that mean? It means as far as He's concerned, His Word is more important than Him. That is the value. That is the superiority. That is the importance. That is the far-reaching magnitude of the Word of God. And we were created to hear it. We were created to receive it. We were created to live it out. We were created to experience the fruit of it. It is the operating system for the human existence. Without it, without it, we're lost. Without it, we're a ship without a rudder. Without it, without it, we're at the, we're at the mercy of any idea, any philosophy, any opinion, any thought that comes along that we think might help us. It's the Word of God. The devil has tried your whole life to keep you separated from it. He's tried your whole life to steal anything you ever heard about it from you. He's tried your whole life to keep you from ever enjoying the Word of God. He's tried your whole life to make this book seem boring to you. He's tried your whole life to make you think this book is irrelevant. He's tried your whole life to make you think it's optional. He's tried your whole life to make you think it's just something for the preacher. He's tried your whole life to make you think that it really has nothing to do with you and that it's, it's just something you can take or leave. And yet Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says this, the Word of God is as essential to your life as the food that you put in your mouth and chew up and swallow. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every, every, listen to me now, every, not some, not most, not what we pick and choose, not whatever we think is our favorite verse at the moment. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Why do you say every word? Why do you say every word? Are you tired of winning in some areas of your life and losing in the others? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you tired of succeeding as a parent and failing financially? It's every word! Every word. You ever had a computer that kind of worked, sort of, kind of? Something wrong with the operating system? It would perform some functions, but others it wouldn't? We don't need half of an operating system. We don't need part of an operating system. Every word. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. None of us were born with the way to live inside of us. I've been doing some writing lately on the subject of lifestyle. And for the most part, our lifestyles have been imposed upon us. And what I mean by that is, you know, we kind of come to on this planet as a toddler. We don't, we don't even remember when we were born, right? We just kind of wake up here. 
one day with a Vienna sausage in our hand gnawing on it or something. I don't know, whatever. And how you were raised and who you were raised and where you were raised. We all make our own choices in life, but are you kidding me? Don't you ever underestimate how all of those experiences have forged within you a way of life. We may not have choose, choose we may not have chosen the one. You know, we, we don't get to choose the family. That's what I'm trying to say, that we were born into. The lifestyle that, that we were forged in wasn't necessarily one that we've chosen, but we have choices now. And we can choose life. And we can choose the Word of God. And we can choose to quit making excuses and, and, and justifying things that we know are not His Word. Man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just speaking to somebody right there. You can quit making excuses for things that you know are not His Word. Quit trying to spiritualize things that you know are not God's will for you. And choose what He has said, what He has provided for you and for me. I want to read a passage to you from Hebrews chapter 11, if I could. You realize that everything in this created realm is subject to God's word. I'm not going to get too hard on you because this is in my notes for another sermon, but it's just coming up in me and I can't choke it back right now, so that's usually a sign the Holy Spirit wants me to at least talk about it for a minute. Have you ever stopped to consider while Jesus was on this earth every single thing he spoke to obeyed him but us? Fig trees obeyed him. Wind obeyed him. The ocean obeyed him. Even devils and demons obeyed him. Blind eyes obeyed him. Withered hands obeyed him. Spirits that had left people who were living, left their bodies, he called them back into their bodies. And on one occasion, when people were worshiping Jesus for who he was, the religious leaders said, you need to quieten these people down. And Jesus said, if I shut them up right now, the rocks under your feet will begin to respond to who I am. And yet we ignore him. <laughs> we don't have time for him. We got better things to do than to listen to him and let him help us. 
with one exception. Every created thing on this planet, the minute he spoke, we're the exception. The higher the life form, the more important it is that we hear him, not less. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? My little Yorkie's got it made, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he just loved and he lives to love and be loved and he likes food and, and, and just being with us. You know what I'm saying? But the only thing is, you know, he has to listen to us because, you know, he gets around dangerous situation, whatever. Uh-uh, Colonel, don't do that. It's a real simple life. Still important that he listens, though, but it's a simple life. Our life is not simple compared to amoebas and puppies and monkeys and all. You follow what I'm saying? We, we are a complex being created for a complex purpose to accomplish a complex destiny. We need some information. Quote our brother Donald Ballard, you can't make good decisions with bad information. We need more than good information. We need truth. And there's only one source. I keep asking the Father. I know that He's spoken this to me. I know that I know we're on something. I, I, I know that, oh, sweet Jesus, I hope you feel Him in here tonight. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? What does the Word say? It's all about the Word. It's all about the devil trying to keep you from hearing the Word. If you hear it, to steal it from you. If you receive it, put so much pressure on you that you turn it loose. And if you don't turn it loose, choke it out. It's his strategy. It's, the, it's, it's what it's all about. I asked the Lord this afternoon, I was praying, asking myself, Father, I, I know this is true, but, but show me more. Show me more. And this is what he told me real simple. This is what he told me. He said... All you got to do is look at the life of Jesus to see what the Word of God will do to the devil's kingdom. If you want to see why the devil is so absolutely terrified of you coming alive with the Word of God inside of you, is because all you got to do is look at what the Word did to his kingdom in three years of earthly ministry as one man. I'll finish here. Hebrews chapter 1. This is speaking of Jesus. I'm going to begin at, at verse 1. It says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Let me just simply say this, okay? As long as there has been mankind on this earth, God has been speaking to us. Or could I say it another way? Man does not live by bread alone. God has been feeding us with his word. In various times and in various ways in the past, he spoke by the prophets. In other words, this, he spoke through other people. But notice, in these last days, this is the days that you and I are blessed to live in. He has spoken to us by his son. One translation says, in the person of his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, 
who being the brightness of His glory. Jesus is the brightness of the glory of God. Jesus is the express image of God's person. If you want to know what God's like, study the life of Jesus. Because He said in John 14, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. Any thought or idea or concept that you have of God that cannot be verified in the life of Jesus more than likely needs to be thrown completely overboard in your life. If not thrown completely overboard, at least examined very, very closely. who being the brightness of His glory and the expressed image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is, up, he is upholding, not upheld, but continues in this moment in time, everything that is physical in nature, including the universe itself, is being upheld by the word of his power. Now, I always want to reverse this, and Father helps me now, okay, with this. For years, I did it ignorantly. It says word of his power, but I want to say the power of his word. And I said it so much, even when the Lord began to correct me on it, I kept saying it. And I was like, oh, now I correct myself. Those of you you know, who have journeyed through the discipleship class, at least in years past, you know my struggle with that because this is a part of the discipleship class. He didn't say the power of His Word. Don't misunderstand me. There is power in His Word, power to heal in His Word. He sent His Word and healed them. But here He specifically says the Word of His power. What He's saying here is that it's through His words that His power is conveyed. Water flows into this building. That water comes through the pipes. They, the water that you drink in that water fountain, it is, it is the water of the pipes. Are you following what I'm saying here? In other words, those pipes are the means by which the water flows into this building. His words are the means by which His power flows into the earth means by which His power flows into your body. The means by which His power flows. It's the Word of His power. When God speaks, He releases power. And that power is resident in these words, waiting for you to take the seed into your heart and not let the enemy steal it from you. Not let him pressure you into turning it loose. Not let him pressure you into doing something that you said you committed to God you were going to do and then convince you to do something different. But holding on to that word. Have you ever looked at a seed? I'm talking about like a physical seed. They're dry. They're brittle. I mean, like compare next time you have a chance. Seed corn, corn that's going to be planted to the niblet corn you know, on your plate. If you didn't know any better, you would think that fresh, healthy, juicy, plump one was the one to plant. Nope. It's the one that doesn't look like much. Because it, it has to fall into the ground in order to produce the result, right? And you're like, what is this? Man, this is, don't look like much juice here. I don't see no butter here. I don't see anything appetizing here. Dude, this is seed. 
And the DNA of God Himself is in every word of this. And the power that created the universe resides in the black and white letters on, on, on these pages, the black letters on the white pages. I had some time in the whole building by myself today. When I have time in the whole building by myself, I just, I, you don't have to pray loud to, to God to hear you, but sometimes just like to get loud. Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It's my story and I'm sticking by it. I got myself so plumb excited praying in here today. And you know, Wally, what got me excited? Was that the word of my Father was going to be heard in this room tonight. The voice that created the universe is going to be heard in this room tonight. And all the power that created the universe is right here in what he's saying. To the glory of your name, Father. To the glory of your name. I want to read that to you from the Amplified Version, if I may. It says, He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine, speaking of Jesus. And He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Listen to this now. Upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. If His Word can uphold, do you want maintenance? You understand maintenance? Moving things have to be maintained. Your car has to be maintained. This building has to be maintained. The universe has to be maintained. Who, what maintains it? God maintains it. How does He maintain it? He maintains it by His mighty word of power. He guides it. As vast as the universe is, as vast as our galaxy is, as vast as our solar system is, there is a precision, there is a precision to it. Right now, we're on a really big rock traveling 67,000 miles an hour through space in perfect precision. In perfect precision. Where's the engine? Where's the engine? What causes this earth to spin and orbit and a moon to spin and orbit at this tremendous, can't conceive the speed that's involved? Where? How? And yet we'll be right back here this time next April. It's His Word. His word. I don't see what the big deal was, Pastor Mark. It was just a piece of fruit. I don't see what the big deal was, Pastor Mark. I mean, God created that tree. See, the big deal is when they ate that fruit, 
they ceased believing that the building was on fire. When they ate that fruit, they went from believing what God said, even though they'd never seen anybody die. Eat the fruit, you'll die. Die, what's die? Die is no big deal. Die, who cares about die? devil says, you won't die. Oh, really, we won't die? I was wondering why God said we would die. I've never seen anybody die. I don't even know what that is, right? So notice, they're being, they're being pulled away from what they can't see, but God said it's true. They can't see it, but God said it's true. Instead, they went for what they could see because they let their thoughts get aligned with and then their words and actions with how it looked, seemed, and felt. Say, what's the big deal? Do you realize that one violation of God's word has caused every second of pain and misery that has ever been experienced on planet earth. It threw a wrench in the works and the works were the word. Stand with me. Oh, sweet Jesus. Are you getting anything out of this? Would you please commit yourself to the Word of God? To quote my, my brother Mark Barkley, read the book. Whatever excuse you have for not reading it, set it aside, read the book. Read the book, then read the book some more, and then read it some more. Ask God to help you, and then read the book. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, then read the book. Read it when you get up, Read it on your lunch break. Read it before you go to bed. Read it to your children. Read it to yourself. Read it to your wife. Read it to the neighbors. Read it to your puppy. Read the book! Why is it so hard? It's because there's a very real devil who does not want you to read the book. Because he does not want you to know what the Word says. Because what the Word says is the operating system that you were born without, but Father God has provided. Father, thank you for the men and women in this room. Thank you for the things that we're hearing and receiving tonight. Thank you, Father, Lord, for helping us make your word the priority in our lives. Father, you are your word, so we're not, putting, we're not saying that your word's a priority and you're not. You have made your word a priority over yourself. So, Father, you are revealing yourself to us through that word. You are teaching us your wisdom through that word. You are accomplishing things in our lives that Jesus has already bought and paid for through that word. Thank you, Father, tonight for life and peace. Let everything that my brothers and sisters put their hands to for the rest of this week prosper for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Good things coming.